Welcome to the Journey to Pay Speaking Gigs podcast, where we focus on how to find your voice, develop your message, so that you can get consistently paid speaking gigs that generate income. Not only are you going to learn how to find your voice, but you're going to hear from professionals in the industry who are making a powerful impact, sharing their story, and impacting lives. As a speaker and mindset expert, I'm really big on showing people how to win, but I'm also on a mission of helping new speakers get on stage so that they can share their story and get paid to impact people's lives. So I created a free event list that are looking for speakers in 2021. If you're looking to tap into the market and build a profitable speaking business, I have high quality leads for new and up and coming speakers to get booked in 2021. All you have to do is head to the Charles Clark forward slash who dash hires dash motivational dash speakers. The link is in the show notes. So let's get back to the show. Today, I have JJ DiGeronimo on with us. JJ, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thrilled to be here. Yeah, yeah. So before we get this thing started, let the Throughout Tribe know who is JJ? Oh, JJ is on a journey. That is for sure. I've spent my first two decades in technology in Silicon Valley, and then I pulled together a women's group, which then led me to my first book and then on to my second. And now I spend much of my time talking to professional women's groups globally now with all the things that are happening online uh, to empower women to reach and achieve for what they know is possible. Mm, that, that's something serious right there. And to, to you, like, what did it mean? I'm always curious to know, like, for, for with other authors, like, what was it for you to, to write a book and to write two books? Yeah. So the first book, I was starting to just write notes down for my daughter. At the time, she was under three. And I was trying to juggle a global job uh, out of Silicon Valley, living in Ohio, and two children under three. And I thought this having it all was a bunch of you know, a word we can't say here online. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I got together women that were five, 10 years ahead of me. And I was just taking notes, asking questions, trying to figure out how to manage everything that's expected of mothers. And I read a quote yesterday, like at work, they want you to work like you're not a mother. And when you're at home, you're supposed to be like a mother that doesn't work. Mm. And I think the expectations of women in the workplace are unreal. And uh, it was really my first interest to figure that out so that I could provide insight for my daughter as she started to get out in the world 20 years later. Wow. Wow. Love it. So, so tell me about your story. How did you get into to speaking and, and when did you know that what you had to say about leadership and inclusion was something that mattered? Mm, that's a great question. Well, I think the universe has a way of showing you things maybe years and even decades before you're going to get into it. I joined uh, the National Speakers Association back in 19. 96 with a friend pair of mine and uh i just wanted to see what speakers did i felt like i was they interest me i wanted to see what it, they had to say but i didn't have anything to talk about at that time and then around 1998 i got out there and spoke at my first conference and failed miserably i got such bad reviews i even used index cards if you can believe that and then fast forward to 2005, uh, it was part of my job. And then in 2010, when I wrote my book, I started to, uh, was invited to come speak about my first book. And so mm. the journey has been over decades and I have had all of those horrible, like life, miserable um, missteps. Yeah. But I've also 
you know, emerged out of those bad reviews and those bad, um, that level of feedback that I got that wasn't really exciting. I kept at it. And I think for me, it's just been an evolution. Wow. So were you ever like 100% ready? Oh, gosh, I'm never 100% ready. I'm always nervous, always nervous, whether it's 15 minutes or an hour and 50 minutes, it doesn't matter. Uh, because I wanted to resonate. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm very passionate about making sure that I can resonate with the people that join me and that I can give them something that's going to impact them in a way before, you know, before they got there. So what can they take with them? And I think I really focus on trying to create actionable strategies. Mm. What was what was like those nerves like? Like so, what type of nerves do you get? Do you like? I gotta throw up. I gotta use the bathroom. What is what is it like for you? <laughs> uh, you know, I think decades ago, yes, I was yeah. a nervous wreck. I was like pacing, but now that I do it now, it's more about just getting that first few minutes to really land. I think once I get through the first few minutes, then I'm in my groove. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know, with a lot of things being virtually now. I think a lot of those feelings might just come back, right? Because it's it's just been so long and we're not used to those same interactions because it's a different exchange of energy when you when you're talking about like people in a in an actual environment versus something virtually and you and you're speaking to a camera. Yeah, it's not nearly as fun to be in my office speaking to a camera when I don't have the feedback because I'd love to do roundtables and discussions and call outs. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's hard to do. You can work at it and get it to happen online. But there's something about being in the same room with people that's just so joyful. Mm -hmm. So so what was the sacrifice? Let's talk about sacrifice, because, you know, with anything that we do great, it's going to require some sacrifice. What was the sacrifice that you had to make? in order to get to the place that you are today? Oh my goodness. Well, to be honest with you, I had to do a lot of internal work uh, because when I left my corporate job that had a great title and a fantastic salary, and then I went out on my own, justifying my work was hard because I was known by my title and the company I worked for, the industry, the technology I worked on, I loved it. And so then when I was out at my own, I, I didn't believe in what I was doing initially full time. And so my biggest hurdles came from really working on myself. And I have found over the years, the more work I do on myself, the more impactful I am in my keynotes. Yeah, we were kind of talking about that behind the scenes today. So kind of tell me like, what, what was that? What's that work that you're currently doing? Well, I am very much on a gratitude journey and very much on making sure that I keep my frequency very high. And so I do not spend time watching or listening things or even engaging in conversations that are really kind of swimming in the mud puddle. I've been there, I've done that, and that is not where I resonate best. And so I make a conscious effort to pick books selectively, pick conversations, podcasts, and, and even if I'm going to watch a show, you know, it really does have to be at a certain frequency. And that's for me, it takes a lot of discipline uh, and self-love. Yeah, I, I think I think that's true. Like I made a vow to myself, like young in the game when I hit my rock bottom, I moved back at home. My mom, I was like, I am no longer allowing low level energy around me. And, and that included myself. Right. And I, I think that's that gives me the platform that I have today. Right. Because I, I don't accept certain things for my life. And I, I think we got to understand that as speakers, when we're getting ready to, to impact people's lives, 
you have to make that sacrifice before you hit that stage. What are the things that you're working on behind the scenes to create real impact, genuine impact in people's lives? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I completely agree. And, I, and it allows me to be more authentic. And so I'm yeah. okay sharing things I've worked through uh, mm -hmm. because I feel like it's a learning lesson for many of us. So I'm completely comfortable talking about the times I've failed, what hasn't worked, times that I wish never happened, yep. but define who I am today. But I think for many of us, you know, at corporate, especially for the events I do, we have to be packaged and present and deliver all the time. And you do have to create safe spaces where you can say what's not working and what hasn't been able to be lifted off the ground or changed. And I think for many of us, when I'm working with all women's groups, creating that safe space to just be vulnerable is really my favorite. Yeah. So let's let's kind of go a little deeper. Like tell me a moment in your in your speaking career when things just didn't work out. Like <laughs> this was this is horrible. Maybe it was on a stage. What happened? Where were you at? And uh what was the end result that you learned from it? Well, I was in the DC area. I remember this like it was yesterday and I was second in line to speak. And the woman who spoke first was amazing. Her message was fantastic. It really resonated. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'm never going to do that great of a job. My message is not that strong. Mm. How am I going to rephrase this? And that whole internal conversation about what she was saying and what I was going to say and the gaps and what I thought about myself, you can probably imagine it was probably my worst presentation mm -hmm. because I was trying to compete or I was trying to be someone else. Right. I didn't give myself the grace to be who I was and what I had to offer. My mind took me over there and all my energy went with it. And when I got up there, I fumbled. I couldn't remember what I was going to talk about. I took people on a, on a path I wasn't even planning to talk about. Mm. And it all represented how I was feeling inside. Mm. And as much as I want to forget that, I appreciate you bringing that back up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes we, we, go, we go to that place. Uh, I, I, I got a couple of moments that I completely just just went off on in a, in a different path that was not something that that I believed in. You know, I think um, I think one of the worst moments for me was one of my first speeches. I was speaking at a I was speaking at a high school and these kids were chatting. They were, you know, I was like, you know, these kids being disrespectful right now. And I had you know, I, I went on and talked about my BMW that I had parked outside. And I was like, that was probably the worst thing I ever did. And for one, that it was a used BMW and it had over a hundred thousand miles on the thing. <laughs> but <laughs> but for two, I, I took away the whole heart of, of my my intention of creating real impact in people's lives. And I think it's so easy for us to to get so caught up and trying to be validated or trying to feel like I I deserve to be here when like this is your space. Like you, you've been called to speak because you have something to share with the world that can change people's lives. And, you know, so I resonate with a lot of the things that you talk about. Like sometimes we just get in our own way and it robs people of the opportunity to say, man, I'm glad I showed up because I needed to hear that message right there. 
Yeah, and it takes us to say, you know, it takes us to compartmentalize that voice of the ego that often says, who do you think you are? Or do you really think you can do this? Or what you have to say. And it wasn't until I read um, Rising Strong by Brene Brown, and Mm -hmm. I took uh, an eight-week mindfulness course by John Kabat-Zinn that I really recognized how often the voices or the conversations I were was having in my head were not very productive. Mm, mm, so, so true. So what do you do? Because I, I think speaking takes a lot of courage, right? What do you do? What did you do now? What did you do back then to build that confidence to get on that stage? Well, it's changed. I think every there's an evolution, you know, as you can probably remember yourself, like every three to four years, I can see myself evolve when I look back. And I would say, you know, kind of what got me there is not where I am now. And I think that it has taken a lot of self-development, a lot of honesty, a lot of just self-discovery. I think You know, the days are done when the speakers go out and they're putting on a performance. I Mm -hmm. think people want to feel something. I think people want to see themselves in you. And I think people want to have opportunities to take things they can work on or work through. And I think those are the speakers that are going to be resonating for the next decade and to do that for other people you have to have had to do it for yourself first yeah dang that's good come on you speak <laughs> <my language. laughs> oh man so I, I i connect and identify with that a, a lot because i think back in the day when you look at a lot of the speakers it was so clean and so polished but i think people want rawness they want they want you to be authentic they want you to mess up but as as long as it's taking them on a on a path of understanding where they can internalize the information for themselves they can see themselves in it and create change for themselves like i think regardless of how how well things sound i think that's less important than how it's going to allow them to to create change that's what people want i think that's more authentic than than being polished on a stage and knowing every little detail of what to say yeah so tell me about like the model that you use in your in your business like who do you love speaking to and what type of events do you do you crave or the the type of events that you thrive in well well, I have a lot of diversity in my business. So my business really was started with women in business and uh, women's groups, ERG groups, uh, about a decade ago. But what I've learned is that when you talk to only the women and you get them all excited about things that are possible professionally, they often depend on men to make that happen because most leadership positions are held by men. Mm-hmm. And so about 2014, 2015, I started suggesting and being invited to men as allies or executive men that are looking to hire, retain, and advance diverse talent and at their tables and in their workplace. And I think when you can work with an organization where you work with the women's group, but also with the executives on how to retain and advance diverse talent, that is really a magical equation because there's things that women do that are different than men in the workplace that men and women don't understand and giving them opportunities to do small things that make a big difference uh, is not only good for the individual, but it's good for the team and for the business. And I think that's really inspiring. So I, I think you you hit on something because I think a lot of times 
maybe it's even my mindset to think like, yeah, it, it's it's extremely hard to be a female speaker in the industry. But I think you found an area that that really works for you. I do because I've done that for two, you know, for 20 plus years, I've been in tech in Silicon Valley, being the one of the only women at the table in many, many meetings. And, you know, most of my mentors and sponsors have been men. Mm -hmm. But I also, you know, seen most women kind of hover in middle management. And is that because they don't want it? Or they're not the same don't have the same desire or the same passion. And my second book really was took me about three years to research of, you know, why are women stuck in middle management? Why don't we have more women um, at executive ranks? And I only put in that book things that I didn't know after being in the industry for over 20 years. And so there were so many things I had no idea about. Like mm. women only apply for jobs that they're 100% qualified, most of them. Mm. Or that project allocation determines, you know, how much PL, how much budget, how much executive line of sight. Most women have mentors, but not sponsors. And sponsors are the ones that open doors and make connections. Like these things are not told to women. And I didn't know them either. Wow. So creating that comp bigger conversation of how do we level the playing field and create more momentum is so much more exciting than just saying, well, let's look at the numbers and there's not enough women. Because to me, that's not a great that's just not the way to go about it let's figure out how we do small things each day that we can make a difference to move those numbers yes so i, I really see you as an encourager right like you like <laughs> you like to push people to the edge like i know this is a little uncomfortable but it's gonna be all right you got this so, yeah well i'm aquarius so you know yeah. innovative new age thinking that's yeah, definitely yeah. My, my jam so, so tell me like what would you tell someone who's just like you they are just starting out and maybe they had the same fears as you had what would you tell them i would say sit, pick something that you're passionate about that can help other people i think that's the thing is like it's easy to tell your story but if your story doesn't have nuggets and action items that can empower others to go out and make a difference or make a change or look at things slightly differently then it's just a story and i think the most impactful speakers that I've ever heard are people that not only inspire me, but give me something to do that actually creates results. Wow. I love it. Any final thoughts for the tribe? Oh gosh. I would say, you know, be patient, go easy on yourself. Many of us speakers that are doing keynotes now have done hundreds and hundreds of free speeches throughout our path and each one even though you're not getting money you can get a testimonial you can get a picture but most importantly you get the experience of how to connect one to many and i think once you figure that out sky's the limit yeah jj before we go we're gonna try to find you Oh, anywhere under my name, JJ DiGeronimo. I launched, just launched an awesome podcast called Career Strategies for Women That Work. So you can find me there. Awesome. 